Warning, this podcast may contain content and discussions of a graphic and mature nature. Some material may be inappropriate for children, and strong adult language may be present. Listener discretion is advised. back to another episode of The Devil's Hour, a podcast for the strange and unusual. I'm your host, Darius, and I'm here with my friend and guest host for today, Michael. What's up? Thanks again for joining us, Michael. Uh, it's always a pleasure. <laughs> always a pleasure, indeed. <laughs> Thank you. And today, um, we're going to be discussing Madame Marie Delphine Lalaurie, a uh, French... I don't even know. Fr- French... Yeah, uh, she was French. I think... Yeah, I think she, their family originally came from France, but... Yeah, New Orleans, um, wealthy person, I don't know what you'd call that. Uh, aristocrat. Yeah. They were, they were aristocrats in, in New Orleans. Before we get, before we speak on Madame Marie Delphine LaLaurie, just want to kind of touch on some, some movies that have come out oh, yeah, recently yeah, yeah. and that are coming out soon. Um, I think... One of them that have recently come out was actually super recently. I think like maybe even this weekend was Escape Room Two. I don't know if you've seen the first one. No, I didn't even. I saw the trailer and I thought this looks cool, but what happened to Escape Room One? Like, oh, you yeah, haven't seen? I it? haven't seen it. No. Yeah, so like it's it's not. I wouldn't consider it a horror movie, but it's definitely a thriller. Yeah. Uh, suspense and it's really. I mean, I think it's good. I think the first one was good. It's one of those movies you know it keeps you on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I think thriller suspense like is just on the cusp of the horror movie. Genre, yeah, you know, close. It's close enough. Yeah, for sure. So I'm eager for the second one. Um, that looks pretty good. Um, so I know that just came out recently. I know Spiral came out. Oh, yeah, I haven't wanted to see that. Yeah, not too long ago. I haven't seen that either. I feel bad. I haven't seen any of these, but you know, I'm just kind of promoting what's what's come out recently for horror. Um, uh, the Forever Purge came out, which. I don't know. Have you seen any of the purges? I've seen the first one. It was yeah. pretty dope. I have yet to see the other ones, though. Yeah, I think I've seen... I don't even know how many there are right now. I think I've seen the first three. Yeah, I was going to say there's at least three. I know that. Yeah. I'm one, maybe and then I there's think... a TV series of it, too. Oh, is there? Yeah, I think it's either on Hulu or Netflix. I think it was Hulu. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you're probably right. Okay, so I've seen the first three, and I, I like them. You know, you kind of have to, like, with those movies, you got to know what you're going in with you know yeah, like, yeah you know what they are when you're going into you're not gonna i'm not expecting like a oscar winning movie or <laughs> crazy good acting or anything like that i'm going to see some to be honest violence and yeah <laughs> some yeah. interesting kills and, and just feeding that reptilian part of your brain that yeah. desires to see blood and gore <laughs> exactly see you get it yeah you get it um and then coming out well like I don't know when it's coming out, to be honest. I forgot. But um, they just announced it recently, I feel like, that it's coming out. Um, it's called Don't Breathe 2. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that looks really, really good. Because the Don't Breathe 1, the first one, was super good. Like, see, I have another one that I don't even know about. You haven't seen that one? I haven't seen this. Dude, yeah. you got to see that one. Because that one, that one is more like... Um, that one is suspenseful and thriller, but it's also... I would say horror, too. Like it's, i say it's like a mix of that. Um, but it was really good. Like that one, I will say, like I could see that winning awards because hmm. 
it was like the acting was really good. I think the yeah. storyline was really interesting too. Um, okay, apparently it's coming out August thirteenth, so it's a good oh, thing this I'm, Friday. Yeah, a good thing I mentioned it's coming out this Friday. So I'm definitely on my list of things to watch is Don't Breathe Two and Escape Room, and then also The Purge. Man, I got like a, a horror packed weekend that I got to you know fulfill. Yeah, gotta get through. Yeah, for sure. Get through the list. And then I know you'd mentioned American Horror Stories. Oh yeah, the new series that just dropped. Yeah. Yeah, on Hulu. And you have not seen it yet, right? No, I haven't. I've been meaning to. I've actually been binging uh, season eight right now. Nice. Yeah, like I've already seen all of them, but I just started watching them all over again. Because talking about uh, Madame uh, Delphine Lalaurie, you know, I went back to see uh, Coven just to see how much facts they managed to put into the series. Yeah. Um, and how much, how many liberties they actually took with their story. Um, <laughs> And from there, I was just like, I'm going to watch some more. Like, yeah. So I just started binging some more, uh, some other seasons. Cool. And that's yeah. a great season. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Coming. It's an yeah. amazing season. It's super good. And a lot of cool characters, a lot of cool, like, callbacks to actual history and historical figures. Yeah. Like Madame Delphine. So, yeah, that's really cool. Um, I have seen American Horror Stories. I think I've seen the first uh, one, two, three, four. I want to say four and a half or three and a half episodes because... Um, I'm like halfway, I had to stop because I fell asleep during one of them. Not because it was boring, just because I was like super <laughs> I was about to say, that says something about the series. <laughs> I was super beat that, that day, um, so I didn't get to finish it. But the, fir- okay, the first two episodes are like parts one and two of each other, so they're about the same thing. And to be honest, like I was pretty disappointed. I was really Those disappointed first actually. Two. Yeah, because yeah. like I went thinking like, okay, it's advertised as an anthology series, right? And each episode is advertised as being about something different. Well. It came like not giving too much away, but like it was. I was disappointed because it felt like recycled material. It yeah. felt like they just recycled Murder House, and yeah. and like they just didn't do it nearly as good. So it's like, yeah. well, if I wanted to watch this, I would just rewatch Murder House, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, ugh, I'm really turned. I was really turned off by that. But I came back and watched the second episode, uh, the third episode, and I was still disappointed. I didn't like that one too much. Um, but the other two, I kind of liked more. So hopefully, you know, I'm trying to stay optimistic about it. Hopefully, Ryan Murphy, you know, comes through and delivers some really good episodes. Um, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, nothing's going to be able to compare to American Horror Story. But yeah. hopefully, you know, there's something. He has something up his sleeve for this um, spinoff series. So, um, well, anyways, that's enough of that spiel. Um, now that that's out of the way, um, we can get into the actual yeah. case here. So, yeah. So, today, you know, we're talking about Madame Marie Delphine LaLaurie. She was a New Orleans aristocrat. Aristocrat. It's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fun, wonderful movie. <laughs> Family film. Classic. <laughs> it is a classic. I feel like people don't talk about that movie enough. Aristocats. Really? It's a really good movie, yeah. I don't really ever hear anyone talk about it. Like, really? I feel like I hear a number of people talk about it. Really? Wow. I mean, Let's just do a whole We should swap about... friends <laughs> so that I can hang out with your friends. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so she was a New Orleans aristocrat. Um, and she, you know, as far as, like, her, kind of, like, her story and, like, who she is, like, in popular culture, I guess, like, she's probably popularized most notably by American Horror Story. Yeah. By her, uh, Kathy Bates, you know, portraying her uh, in American Horror Story Coven. That's probably how most people know of her, have heard of her. Yeah. Unless you grew up in New Orleans or Louisiana or are like really into, you know, macabre history or serial killers. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but what's interesting about Madame Marie Delphine LaLaurie is that she isn't really talked about as being a serial killer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's hardly mentioned when people do talk about historic killers. Like, people talk about H.H. Holmes or Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Um, she's never really, she's never thrown into that conversation from what I've seen, you know? Which is interesting because she definitely fits the description of a psych, like a psychopath and a serial killer. I and, feel like I remember somebody, either an article or maybe it was from the show, somebody saying... Um, that the reason she's not included is because it's um, it's another one of those cases, kind of like when we touched on the uh, on the uh, toy box killer case, where like stuff wasn't proven, uh, which is weird. To, weird that anyone would even say that because the whole well, we'll get into it later. But evidence was found that there was you know devices and things in her home. Yep. But I don't know. I guess maybe there wasn't enough physical evidence of someone actually being abused. Just a lot of suggestive evidence I guess you could call it yeah I don't know maybe that's why that's a good point yeah that is a great point um that's quite possibly the reason um as far as her exact number of victims it's unknown how many exactly she's responsible for at death was yeah. um although many like historians and experts believe her kill count is most likely around like the hundred mark mm-hmm. the hundred um but again, like you're saying, there's still a lot of things that weren't uncovered. There was a lot that was uncovered. Um, all of her victims that we know of were slaves, mm-hmm. um, you know, African-American slaves at the time. So yeah, they, they believe it's around 100. There isn't really an exact number when, mm-hmm. from my research, but they said it's generally around the area of 100. Um, she was America's, if you really think about it, she was America's first female serial killer. Mm-hmm. And in that a, we know of. Yeah. That we know of, right, exactly. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, she's kind of like the female version of H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. Which, um, I don't know if you know about him. Well, you've listened yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah, I listened yeah, to that episode. Yeah, there you Very go. Very intriguing. Yeah, yeah. So, like, she's literally, and I didn't really think about that, because, like, you know, when I was studying it, it took me a while until I started reading, like, more and more about her life. I was like, okay, she's, like female version of H.H. H. Holmes because like she had her own version of a murder mansion yeah I was in a point that or castle there. right yeah and um, except slaves were her victims instead of like you know tourists in Chicago yeah. or yeah. whatever right um, and her crimes you know the crimes she committed uh, were almost except you know the crimes she committed were almost a hundred years before Holmes even committed his crimes so she was yeah she was almost a century before before H.H. H. Holmes? Yeah. Oh, snap. Because H.H. H. Holmes was like late 1800s. Like 18... 1890, 1880s. Yeah. And hers, like, you know... Um, well, we'll get into it, but... She was born in, you know, 1787. So, yeah, it was almost 100 years before H.H. H. Holmes' crimes. Um, so, Madame, Madame LaLaurie, she would torture, mutilate, starve, and, and even experiment on her victims... And all of her victims were African-American slaves that we know of. Um, Marie Delphine LaLaurie was described uh, by others as being courteous, charming, and intensely beautiful. Um, She was a prominent socialite who would frequent and host lavish and exclusive cocktail parties in New Orleans. Um, She was definitely of a high social status and she was well-regarded. She was a well-regarded member of society, especially because of the wealth she would accumulate especially after like her marriages and stuff. So so just a little bit about like her back story. She was born in New Orleans, Louisiana on March 19th, 17, 1787 with the name Marie Delphine McCarty. Um, she was born to two well-established members of the New Orleans Creole community. 
Um, so she, you know, the family she was born into had a, had a lot of money. She was born with kind of like a silver spoon into her hand, you know. Yeah. She was born spoiled and had, had everything, everything handed to her, right? Um, we do not have much record of her childhood, but given the status of her parents, it's safe to assume, you know, she lived a very comfortable and well-content life, being born into money. Uh, Delphine doesn't really start to appear in records until after her first marriage in 1800 to Don Ramon, um, who was a high-ranking Spanish royal officer who she traveled to Spain with in 1804. Marie Delphine, it's reported that Marie Delphine was only 13 years old when she married Don Ramon. So this was Mm -hmm. her first husband because she's married several times throughout her life. So first husband with Don Ramon. Spanish officer, and she was 13, so she was super young. But I guess back in the day, that was normal. Um, or maybe not, I don't know. And no, it probably was, yeah. Right? Like the, the age of consent, if it was even referred to as that at the time, like, um, yeah, it was a lot lower, you know, you know, a couple hundred years ago, give or t- you know. And even before that, anyway, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. People, I mean... Ancient cultures, like, usually 13 was considered an adult for most cultures. Wow. Anyway, I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm thinking it was. Yeah, so she, she got married at 13. Um, however, like, the marriage would prove to be short-lived uh, because her husband, Ramon, would die of a shipwreck at sea. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it only lasted a couple years. And in June of 1808, Marie would marry um, her second husband, who was a prominent banker, Merchant and lawyer named Jean Blank, Blank, I think. Blanc. Blanc. There you go. Yeah. I'm not French, uh, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So she'd marry a prominent banker, merchant, and lawyer named Jean Blanc, and um, that was her second husband. So Blanc and Marie Delphine would go on to give birth to four children. Um, then in 1816, just eight years after their wedding, Marie Delphine's husband, second husband, Jean Blanc, would also die. So. Mm. It's almost like she's cursed, like every, any guy she gets with seems to die fairly, fairly, you know, quickly um, mm. into their life together. Mm, really? <laughs> yeah. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's interesting, right? Um, Delphine would not marry again until about a decade later when she was 38 years old. Um, she tied the knot with a doctor named Leonard LaLaurie, who was much younger than she was. Um, all three of Delphine's husband had a lot Robin of money. in the cradle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of like uh, my brother. My brother's wife is older than him. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, I think she's she's three years older than him. That's a popular trend, you know? Cougars. You gotta watch out for them. <laughs> 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 Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that, you know? As long as it's consensual. You know what they say? Older women make better lovers. Is that what they say? I think so, yeah. <laughs> There's a song. I forgot who it's by. Really? It's a country song. Oh, it's a country song. Yeah, I forgot who it was. I'll look it up. Very interesting. <laughs> I'll look it up. Um, yeah, so all three of her, all three of her husbands had a lot of money. So it's hard to say for certain if like she married for love or if she married for money and status. You know what I mean? Um, who knows? Also, it's kind of weird that like her husbands both, like two of her husbands, died so soon. So Sorry, I gotta, I gotta stop right there because my neurotic brain is like, did you hear him correctly? Did you say the right thing? You said that her last husband was younger than her, right? Her third husband. Third husband. Yeah. The the the, the one who gave her the name Lalaurie. Yeah, right? yeah. He was younger. Uh, yeah. Okay, good. 
Because for a second there, I was like, did I hear it wrong and say something stupid? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, 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 no. And yeah. he's just running with it, like... <laughs> oh, no, yeah, Leonard LaLaurie. Yeah. yeah, he was younger than her. Mm-hmm. Um, so she was definitely a cougar, I guess, right? Yeah, sorry. Right. <laughs> I didn't mean to bring all that back up. I was just like, wait a minute, did I hear him right? Or is he just humoring me? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, My brain is in, like, three places at once all the time. So no, that's, that's going to happen a lot. It's cool, it's cool. So one of the things I was going to bring up was that, you know, like two out of the three of her husbands passed away pretty quickly into their marriage, I would say, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it got me thinking, of course, this is just pure speculation mm-hmm. that like, did she have anything to do with their death? You know, like that's what I'm wondering. I was going to ask you, did they ever in any of your research, does it say how they died? Uh, yeah. So the first one, the first husband died of uh, shipwreck, the Spanish officer, mm-hmm. Ramon, Don Ramon, he died of a shipwreck. They, uh, my research, they, they never said how her second husband died, which was uh, the lawyer, the lawyer dude. Mm-hmm. They don't say how he died. So it gets me thinking, like, you know, did she have anything to do with that? Who knows? Who knows? Like, she was yeah. uh, kind of a sick lady anyway, so it doesn't really... I mean, it's possible. Definitely. But it seems like she had her sights mostly uh, cast on minorities, specifically black people. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. People of color. In 1831, Marie Delphine would purchase a plot of land on 1140 Royal Street, where she organized a two-story mansion be built on this land. Um, She even created living quarters for slaves to live in there. It is here at this mansion, famously called the LaLaurie Mansion, that Marie, her two daughters, and her husband would live together. It is also here at the mansion where Delphine would commit horrific and inhumane acts of torture and violence towards her slaves. So... Uh, this is where she built the famous Lori Mansion in 1831. And I actually, and I, I don't know why I didn't touch on this before I even started the episode, but uh, I actually went to this place. So like kind of what sparked oh, me. Yeah. So what, what sparked me to, so like what kind of inspired me to cover Madame Marie Delphine LaLaurie and another case we're going to cover, which is the Axeman of New Orleans, um, was that I recently took a trip to New Orleans and um, it was really cool. Like it's an it's an awesome city. It's one of the it's known as being like one of the most haunted cities in America. It's got a lot of like, you know, spooky vibes, a lot of macabre vibes to it, um, yeah. a lot of dark history for sure. Yeah. But that's kind of what sparked me to want to cover this case is because um, I didn't really know anything about Madame, you know, Lalaurie until I went to New Orleans and visited her mansion. And like, I knew I'd seen like American Horror Story and I'd yeah. seen her character on there, but I didn't, I didn't know, like, it was honestly, I didn't know she was a real lady. Like, I thought that was just a character. Kathy oh, you Bates. thought they just made that up? Yeah, I thought they just made it up or whatever, right? Because like, the shit she did was horrible. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. Which like, that happens in real life all the time. I don't know. I just didn't click for me. Yeah. Then when I went to New Orleans and I started like, on my, on my way to New Orleans, I started doing research about cool, cool places, like, kind of like dark tourism. I don't know if mm-hmm. you're familiar with that. Dark tourism, like you're visiting like really like haunted places or spooky places. Yeah. So I, as I was researching that in New Orleans, the Lori Mansion came up and then obviously Marie Delphine came up and I studied that. And I was like, okay, like this is really interesting. Like she is a real lady and she did like really horrible shit. So let me look it up and let's go for there. So that's that's what inspired me to really look into this case. But anyway, yeah, I, I visited this this mansion. Yeah. Um, it doesn't it doesn't feel like I didn't feel like any like I didn't feel like creeped out or anything like that because yeah. I mean we visited during the daytime right anyway but yeah yeah it's um well we'll get into it but it's essentially rebuilt so the original structure burned down and they rebuilt it later 
Yeah, that's right. It did, right? Yeah. But it was built exact as like almost an exact replica of the original. Yeah. So essentially it looks the same um, from what I'm understanding. I don't know why I never thought about that, about the fact that it's still standing, but yet it had burnt down. Like I had read about it burning down and I didn't stop to question like, oh, then why is it still there? Like <laughs> I never thought about it. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's documented that I was just like about Marie Delphine. Like it's documented that in public she would act as though she cared about her slaves and she would act yeah. like she would pretend to treat them well and be kind and respectful to them in front of her peers. And yeah, she wore a mask for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. She would even claim to like care about their health and like their mm. well-being and all of that to her friends. But obviously nothing could be further from the truth. Um, apparently when people would see her slaves, they noticed that they were visibly in very bad condition and described them as being wretched in appearance. Um, so... Yeah, definitely. So, like, people knew that something wasn't right. Like, they could tell by the condition of her slaves that they were not being kept well. Um, rumors became frequent and widespread throughout New Orleans of Marie's abuse and harsh treatment of her slaves. So much so that a local lawyer was dispatched to investigate these rumors. However, nothing was found during the lawyer's investigation. And the kind of the, kind of the crazy thing about it is, like, pretty much, like, rumors had started. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, like... You know, Marie Delphine is not like taking care of her sleeves. Things, something seems fishy here. So a lawyer goes to investigate, and the lawyer like comes back. And I didn't get the exact quote, but I remember reading it. And the lawyer essentially goes, he essentially said like, um, "Shame on anyone who accuses this woman of any wrongdoing," because I found absolutely nothing. She's doing nothing wrong. Um, like shame on anyone who says otherwise pretty much, which yeah. is like super weird that he would say that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, um, yeah, you're leaning into like, what if he's in on it? Yeah. 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 Or like, you know, or like, what if she paid him off? You know, I mean, she's oh, yeah. by this time, she's been married two times prior. She mm-hmm. married another rich guy. So she has, she clearly has a lot of money. Um, you know, maybe she paid him off. She was very beautiful from the description of what people say. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe, you know, uh, perhaps, he was attracted to her. I don't know. I'm yeah. just saying, like, something was not right about that. Because, like, well, of course, we'll get into it. But later on, when they discover what they discover, it's like, okay, it was obvious if you had just gone into her place yeah, that she had, was like, up to some crazy... more thoroughly, yeah. Yeah, she was up to some crazy stuff. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so there was an initial investigation, but it turned up nothing, right? Officially, anyway. Um, there is also a very, like, famous and well-documented account of a 12-year-old slave girl named Leah... Um, and Leah was brushing Madame LaLaurie's hair and while she's brushing her hair she hits a snag and Madame LaLaurie became like so infuriated that she grabbed a whip and began to chase the young slave girl around the mansion up up the mansion up to the roof of the mansion and there's still some speculation as to what exactly happened some people say the girl lost her footing and fell from the roof Mm -hmm. of the mansion to her death some people say they saw Madame LaLaurie push her from the window on and, and to her death. And then some people say that the girl was so scared of getting beaten that she jumped herself. You know what I just realized? It just dawned on me. So, um, I think that's one of the stories that that uh, American Horror Story took liberties with. Because there was this, uh, a scene where um, I think it was Queenie who asked Delphine LaLaurie, you know, is there anything you regret? Do you feel bad for anything? And she said that she had one regret. And she tells this whole story about this uh, woman, this slave girl, 
who uh, she was suspecting her husband was sleeping with. So she puts on that mask and it's all sweet and nice to her. And it's like, I want to make you my new uh, chambermaid or chamber girl, whatever, uh, you know, to be like her right hand, you know, and, and take care of her personally. And she asks her if you want to come up and brush my hair this evening. So there's that. And then um, in the in the show, she says that this slave girl had just had a baby and that um, to get back at her, she killed the baby and used its blood as her like cosmetic treatment. Um, and that that slave girl was so distraught she jumped off the balcony the next morning and killed herself wow so yeah they definitely took i just realized that's one of the things they took liberties with on the story wow that's very interesting see and i'd forgotten that i haven't seen coven in a long time yeah so i'm glad you brought that up because i totally forgotten that so that's definitely it looks like they definitely pulled from history and kind of yeah yeah brushing of the hair jumping off the balcony and then just kind of put in the other stuff yeah more interesting wow that's very interesting that's really fucked up too, but, but yeah. So like the, in the instance of like Leah, the slave girl, we don't really know for sure. I guess that kind of ties in what you were saying earlier, like concrete yeah. evidence. We don't know. Yeah. Some people say she was pushed by Lalori. Some people say she jumped to her own death and some people say she lost her footing and fell. Yeah. I think all of those are perfectly plausible. I, I can see all of them being realistic. Yeah. Um, cause if you're running away, you're scared from someone and you're on a roof, you could definitely easily lose your footing. Lose your footing, yeah. Because, like, I mean, when you're when you're scared, your body just... I mean, depending on who you are, some people, their fight-or-flight response gives them the strength to, like, move faster, be strong, and get out of there. Yeah. For some people, their knees just buckle and they fall. Yeah, you know? true. Yeah. <laughs> so it it's is possible true. that you could be all wobbly-legged up there on the roof and just <laughs> fall off. <laughs> that exact sound, too. <laughs> Uh, um, so LaLaurie, after this incident, it was actually because of this in- incident that LaLaurie, Madame LaLaurie became under investigation for the second time, um, under the allegation that she was illegally enforcing grievous harm on her slaves. Um, this would force LaLaurie to sell nine of her slaves as punishment for misconduct. Um, although these slaves were actually bought back by a relative of LaLaurie yeah. and then put straight back to work at the LaLaurie mansion. Yeah. So it was essentially like no justice was served. Yeah, no. No real consequence. So, I mean, it's like kind of the whole thing of like the rich are so like well protected in a lot of different situations in a lot of different ways. Like yeah. they punished this rich lady, horrible rich lady, but like she was able to kind of weasel her way yeah. around it. Yeah. You know, it was a loophole. You know, she just had a relative buy them and then she bought them from them or probably didn't give her the money or probably whatever. they just gave them to her and right. it was like, here you go. Yeah. You know, or maybe some sort of like back end deal was made. Like you can have a couple of them, just give me back the rest of them or you can do what you want with this one. I don't know. Who knows, man? Who yeah. knows? Either way, they ended up back there somehow yeah. and LaLaurie did not seem to like learn her lesson at all, despite multiple investigations at this point. And she continued to treat her slaves like they were not human. She chained her cook, um, which is a 70-year-old African-American slave. She chained her cook to a stove. And her daughters were said to at one point have even tried to free some of the slaves and help them or even feed them, I had heard, um, realizing, like, how wrong some of these acts were. Yeah. Uh, And supposedly her mother, like, had, like, her daughters beat. Mm-hmm. as like a like punishment for helping them to essentially like reinforce like hey like you're not you're not gonna help them like this is not it's not okay for you to help them pretty much 
So according to my, you know, what I, my research, her daughters at some point tried to help the slaves and Madame Lori shut that down real quick. Um, it wasn't until a fire broke out at the LaLaurie mansion on April 10th, 1834, that we would discover just what exactly Madame Delphine was hiding in her mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all goes back to the cook. So yeah. the fire would destroy most of the mansion and everyone had to be evacuated. However, when the fire marshals got there, they found the cook, which is a 70 year old lady chained to the stove by her ankle. Uh, she had survived the fire miraculously long enough really? for to get there. Yeah. I didn't read that part. Yeah. She'd survived. Um, because they even interviewed her and that's when they would say, when they interviewed her, she told them that she started the fire herself because she, um, essentially was chained to the stove and she was trying to either, there's much debate, but she said she was trying to kill herself essentially yeah. because she didn't want to deal with it anymore. I mean, at that point she's 70 years old. She's probably, See, I had heard that there was speculation that she had, that she had started it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know they interviewed her. Yeah. She told police that. She started the fire because she was trying to kill herself because Madame LaLaurie was going to beat her. That's why she changed her to the stove. Yeah. Um, and at that point, like, I'm just thinking from her perspective, she's 70 years old. She's already really, like, probably weak and tired and old. Yeah. So frail, right? And she probably, her whole life has probably been beaten by this lady. Yeah. Or abused by her. She's like, I can't take this anymore. I'm just yeah. going to, like... Her, her train of thinking was like, you know, I, I'm, I can either, I'll either end up killing myself or I'll, I'll end up getting help by starting the fire here, yeah. you know, um, that way we can attract attention to this place. So in a way she did, it was really all because of her that we were able to see what was yeah, going what was on. Yeah, really going on, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she, so she was able to survive the fire. Um, yeah, it was understood within the household that slaves were taken to the upper floor of the mansion uh, and then never seen again. It is also documented that on the night of the fire, bystanders, uh, bystanders and neighbors would try to help out Madame Lori and enter the slave quarters to rescue them from the fire because they saw a fire. So they're like, oh, yeah, and she wouldn't let him in. Exactly. Yeah. LaLaurie refused to give them the keys in order to access the roofs, the rooms and slave quarters to save them, um, which is crazy. Like automatically that's suspicious as, as fuck. Like what? Yeah. Like they're, you're going to let them burn alive? Like. Yeah. So, you know, because of this, the bystanders were just like, you know, to hell with you. We're going to do it ourselves. So they busted down the door and like, they were like, just like shocked and like stopped dead in their tracks with what they saw when they busted down the door to to save them. Um, So like, we're just going to get into kind of like what they found. So when they broke down the door in the slave quarters, they found a lot of, a lot of things. So they found seven, seven slaves horribly mutilated, um, suspended by their neck. Limbs were stretched and untorn, or I'm sorry, stretched and torn. Um, women with iron collars around their neck and an elderly woman with a large untreated gash on her head. Uh, a newspaper at the time known as the New Orleans Bee stated that all of the slaves were found naked and that the slaves that were not strapped to tables were instead chained to the walls. Um, it, goes, it goes on to say that some had their stomachs sliced open and their intestines wrapped around their waist. Um, one slave woman in particular had her mouth. This is, this is crazy. Oh but. yeah. Stuffed with, uh, go ahead and say it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know where I'm going though. One slave woman, uh, in particular had her mouth wielded open and, and feces had been stuffed inside and her lips were sewn shut. Yeah. Um, one man who was hung in shackles had a wooden spoon protruding from his head, which had been placed in the hole that had been drilled into his skull. 
Um, and it is rumored that the use of the spoon was to stir his brains. So essentially, this guy had a hole in his skull because they drilled it there, and a spoon was just hanging out of his skull. Mm. And they speculate that she used the spoon to just stir his brain. It's kind of like, I guess, Jeffrey Dahmer type stuff. Because he did uh, sort of like that. He drilled it. Well, his goal was like mind control, wasn't it? I yeah. I think hers was just to really fuck with people. Yeah. So in a way, she's more sinister than Dahmer. Yeah, true. But Dahmer, <laughs> but Dahmer like, he did drill their heads, right? Is that yeah, he did? actually drilled into their heads with, like, a power drill and poured, like, Jesus. some kind of, like, acid or something in there to yeah. try and perform, like, a lobotomy. really, yeah, lobotomy. And Jesus that's Christ. how he was trying to, like, turn them into, like, his own personal zombies and keep them close. That's insane. But really, it just always ended up killing them. Yeah. And then, well, Understandably. And then, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and then, uh... Madame Delphine's case I think she was just doing it just to fuck with them just to mess with them and see what what makes them tick what she can do to them just yeah. experimenting just with torture sadist- sadistic yeah yeah um, some slaves were said to have their bones broke okay yeah so some slaves were said to have their bones broken multiple times and set in unnatural positions so that they healed incorrectly which is Ugh. super fucked up um, some slaves were found to have their limbs rearranged and one woman in particular was found to have her bones and limbs rearranged so that she moved like a crab, which is insane to I'm me. I'm wondering if that comes from, being an aristocrat, she's granted the uh, privilege of education. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm wondering if she got that from other cultures. Uh, I, have, I don't know if you ever heard of Chinese foot binding. I have heard of it, yes. Yeah, yeah so, you know, where they break, break the uh, child's feet or I don't know at what age they do it, I forgot, but they'll break their feet and then bandage them up so that they'll, the bones will fuse and the feet will be really tiny. Wow. Yeah, so, like, that's probably, that might be, like, one of the ways she got the idea to, like, rearrange them by yeah. breaking, like, you, like they said, they're breaking their bones and then making it so that they fuse um, the wrong way. Well, in some yeah. cultures, like, kind of tying into that, some cultures, um, I think ancient cultures, or maybe even African, they would do like elongated skulls. Like they would um, essentially make their skulls elongated. Yeah, a lot Africa. of body modification yeah. comes from, from not just Africa probably, but yeah, a lot comes from Africa. Yeah, which is yeah. crazy to me. Like how the hell do you make your skull like that? Like, and I mean, they have, and they show yeah. these skulls that they have, you know, these people and their skulls are really elongated. But the fact that yeah. humans can do that to themselves, like, I, it's just crazy to me I, you know like yeah that's crazy but yeah so she would do that um, other slaves were coated and like fully covered their bodies were coated and fully covered with honey and black ants Oof. which is yeah horrible yeah um the work the workmen who were in charge of see if I can just interject a thought real yeah quick. go ahead see I remember um and I never got the chance to see, like I've, I've done just minimal, I've only got the chance to do minimal research on this subject, but uh, so a okay. lot of what I remember is actually from the show. But in the show, they kind of like paint her as your stereotypical uh, psychopath who's just born with a natural instinct and curiosity on how the anatomy works and is willing to, and has no feelings, so is willing to, to mutilate a body just to like look into it. Mm. Um, and... I can under, not, I don't want to say understand, like, oh, I totally get it. I do the thing too. No, it's like, uh, but like, I can understand like how that process happens if you're born that way. Um, 
and you want and like all you do is just mutilation and experiments but what it sounds like to me is she was experimenting not just with what she can do to the human body but uh but also just torture in general because i mean seriously like what do you learn from covering someone in honey and pouring black ants on them yeah like you don't learn shit that's purely just torture so the idea i don't know the idea that she was uh naturally intrigued by you know the way the body works and wanting to see what makes humans tick that's not enough. She was definitely just interested in hurting people. Yeah. Because there's a lot of things that she did that seem like you can't learn anything from that. You're just trying to drive people mad and do, uh, do some crazy shit to them. Yeah. A hundred percent. I yeah. definitely agree. I mean, they kind of like, I, I say it every episode, but at this point it's just become like, in my opinion, it, it really like, is at the heart of true crime? Like the whole nature versus nurture. Yeah. Like that's like a, a principle or a question or, or, uh, that's at the heart of it really like nature versus nurture like with her like I mean it, it, I think with her it's an interesting case because it's like she probably didn't undergo anything traumatic as a kid she I mean know, she had the good life exactly you know born with a spoon silver spoon in her mouth had was born wealthy into better uh, than having it in your head yeah oh wow <laughs> no sorry no, I know I get, I get it <laughs> Uh, for you guys who don't know, Michael has a uh, a dark a and macabre sense of humor, twisted sense of humor, twisted but, sense. But we love him either way. But I mean, the, <laughs> that was uh, a <laughs> yeah, yeah for real. But like, she was born into like you know wealthy, well-to-do family. Um, so there's nothing like it's not like anything traumatic ever happened to her. However, so like immediately I want to say like okay, well this is nature because like she was nurtured fine, but. Yeah. Well, she really, though, because she probably grew up seeing slaves being treated poorly. Yeah. And she probably thought, was raised to believe, like, slaves are beneath us, they're animals, they're property. I mean, that's exactly what they all were. Right. But not all of them were senseless mutilators. That's true. That's a good point. (laughs) That's a very good point. So maybe it's, like, a little bit of both in this case. Like, maybe it's a little bit of being raised to believe that... Because if you notice, again, we don't have any proof, but it's highly unlikely that she did this to anyone who wasn't a slave yeah so what that leads me to believe is it's not like she had the craving to do this to anyone who was like white or just a normal member of society in her in her view you know what i mean she had this desire to specifically harm and uh torture slaves african-american slaves so that leads me to believe that like it's it's pro- yeah, it was a racial thing. It's a racial thing, which yeah. race is like race isn't. Um, in my opinion, racism's taught. You're not born racist. Yeah, it's Cause, true. Because like kids, like kids, you have very young kids. Like you put them, like you put an Asian baby and like a or an Asian toddler and a, like a Mexican toddler and a white toddler all together. Like they're just gonna like probably just play play just fine, just fine right? Yeah. But if they're born, if you put like a middle middle school kids who are, you know, those same ethnicities together and they've been taught a certain way to be like, yeah, you know, we don't They'll socialize. They'll be hesitant of right. uh, getting close to each other. Exactly. In my opinion, racism's taught for sure, you know? Yeah, definitely. So I think part of it is nature or nurture for her because like she was probably, obviously in that time she was, it's not even probably, was taught to be racist because almost everyone was back in those days. Yeah. Um, and then another part of it is definitely nature or nature, yeah, like you said, because yeah. like she... There's plenty of racists in those days who didn't go and like mutilate people and decapitate people. Well, but I'm sure there was. I mean, what I simply mean is 
I mean, let, I don't know. Well, should we clarify that? Just because, uh, I mean, I get what you're trying to say. Like some, like they were all, they were definitely racists who thought l- very little of uh, Africans and would treat them very poorly. But um, I think what you're saying is some of them uh, kind of kept to themselves and never really interacted with the slaves or if they did it was just to give them orders they never punished them yeah. or all I'm uh, saying is like not all racists or serial killers <laughs> I lost tra- train of thought of what exactly I was trying to say or clarify yeah but anyway oh, yeah all I was trying to say is just that like not all racists or serial killers yeah back in the day you know what I mean like I'm sure there were people who I mean I mean I know there were people who mistreated slaves and uh, maybe even killed slaves yeah but um I don't know. I just think the degree to what she did was, I think, I don't know. Yeah. Like, in other words, everybody in white society at the time thought very little of black people, but not all of them were out there just mutilating and murdering. and Lobotomizing them. Lobotomizing them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. There it is. <laughs> um, so they questioned LaLaurie's, this was before the fire. Um, they questioned. This was, I think, this was right around the time of the second investigation. Um, they questioned Lori's husband, Leonard, and when they questioned him, he stated, "Other people need to mind their own business." Paraphrasing, but that's pretty much what he said. Yeah. And uh, so, like, he. Oh, you said her husband. Her husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is very like, because like I'm sure he knew what was going on. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure he knew. And we'll get into some theories. Yeah, I was going to say, we, don't, we haven't heard any stories where someone didn't know what their spouse was doing, did we? No. No, they usually they end they up usually becoming a part of it. Yeah. Yeah. They're either becoming a part of it or they just turn the other cheek and just don't say anything. Yeah. You know, act, like turn a blind eye, I mean. Yeah. That's the correct expression. Um, yeah, so we'll get into some theories involving him later. But yeah, so he just like a very suspicious quote to say, like, other people need to mind their own business when talking about mistreating slaves. Um, when the general public, so after the fire, you know, they broke in and rescued the slaves, but they found all these horrors. There were horrors, you know, that were essentially found in her mansion. Um, when the general public found out about that, the horrible crimes and treatment of slaves, they rushed to the mansion and destroyed everything they could get their hands on. Um, and so like the, the mansion was totally torn apart and really the only thing left standing were the walls. Everything else inside was completely destroyed by the the public. They were they were, yeah. they were outraged by her horrendous crimes. Um, the slaves who survived the horrors of LaLaurie Mansion were taken into police custody and put on display for the public to view. Which kind of, I mean, that, that in itself is like horrible, you know? I'm like, sorry, say it again because I, I'm double, I'm doing two things at once. No, you're good. Yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much. So, like, the slaves that they rescued from her mansion, they put them on display. Like, they're, they're in under police. Oh, yeah, and just sold them right back into... Yeah, they put them on display for the general public yeah. to see, and it's said that, like, oh, um, like 4,000 people went to go see them in two weeks. So, like, a lot yeah. of people came to go see them, and that's what made them outraged because they saw the conditions in person yeah. Yeah. and went to go, like, ransack and destroy her mansion, essentially. Oh, yeah, 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 that... Yeah, but I mean, essentially, that's like, think about it from the slave's point of view, like, that's super fucked up, like, they're yeah. in these conditions, and you're just putting them on display like they're at the zoo, like, animals. Well, I don't know, I mean, chances are they understood 
why they were, well, I don't know. Maybe either they were told why they were being put on display or, or they started to realize what was happening because they were put on display and they were actually like, you know what, this is kind of a good thing. Like it's humiliating, but it's also kind of a good thing because now some justice is being served because they're destroying everything. Uh, like we're the, proof. Yeah, like we're living proof of the evil that was happening and now this, this bitch is getting her, her uh, <laughs> getting what's coming to her. Yeah, maybe, I mean, yeah, maybe they did have that mindset. Who knows? I don't know. I would have been. I would have been like, yes, look at this shit. You see this? The workmen who is uh, the workmen who were in charge of rebuilding the mansion after the fire, uh, they uncovered a bunch of skeletons uh, buried under her mansion, and the coroners were able to determine that they belonged to slaves, the skeleton of slaves. So it's believed that they were buried there by Lalori to hide the atrocities she was committing. Um, so yeah, she'd been doing this for a while. You know, she'd been killing slaves for a while. Yeah. And just just been caught, you know, or, well, not really caught, but unfortunately, um, right after the fire of 1834 at the LaLaurie Mansion, Marie Delphine fled with her husband to Paris to escape the wrath of the general public and to escape any form of justice from being served. Beyond her fleeing to Paris, little else is actually known about her, but it is a great travesty that she was not able to be charged for her crimes yeah. and published accordingly. Instead, she ran away like the cowardice she is. But isn't there speculation that she actually came back under a different name or there's something? A lot of, there's a lot of different theories. Um, none of it's been proven. Yeah. No one knows the exact age. So like, no one knows the exact age of her, Lori's death. Some say that she died in 1842, while others mm -hmm. say she died in 1849. Mm -hmm. um, there's a popular rumor that she was killed in her 60s during a boar hunting accident. Mm. Um, but, you know, one can only hope that's true. Like, that's how she died. It'd be funny. Some Game of Thrones shit happened. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. What was it? King Baratheon? Robert mm -hmm. Baratheon? Yeah. That's some Baratheon type shit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here for it. <laughs> and then uh, other theories. Here for that big boring, baby. <laughs> and then other theories, like, suggest that she came back to Louisiana, New Orleans, and changed her name and lived, mm -hmm. lived as a commoner. With the yeah. change name, which I don't really believe. It just doesn't seem like something she could have done. She seems like kind of like a... Yeah, too many people knew her face. Exactly. She was. Narcissistic, too. Yeah. She probably really wanted the limelight as much as possible. Yeah. Um, I just don't see that. But, so yeah, no one really knows how old she was when she died or really how she died. But it's just unfortunate that she did escape justice ultimately, um, which is really bad. But um, another popular theory I wanted to touch on was that there are theories that suggest that it could have been Dr. You know, her, her husband, Dr. Leonard LaLaurie, yeah. who was responsible for the experiments and torture aspects of things. Since there was no evidence of mistreatment or misconduct against Marie Delphine's slaves prior to her living at the mansion and prior to her marrying Leonard LaLaurie. Yeah. So that's what people say, like, well, it was actually him because he's a doctor, so he would know how to like do certain things and they Yeah, like all the incisions, cutting them open and messing with their organs and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah, that's a theory, and I think that's a really good theory. I think you had brought this up off kind of off air. Like why I think you'd said like why Oh yeah, like if he was really the mastermind, then how come we how come this story is all about Delphine and not the story of Leonard Lollery? Exactly, because 
Like you said, like his name's never really brought up. Yeah. No one He's ever really mentions him. kind of like her sidekick, if even that, you know, because we only know of him kind of supporting her. Tell, like you had mentioned, that he just tells them some people need to mind their own business. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I don't know. I also kind of think in my mind, like, what if, uh, you know, what if he, if he was a masterbind and he brought her in? What if it's just that he was the one who had better composure and was able to like really hide it better than she was because we we know she was wearing a mask we know she was two-faced that she would act one way in front of people but there was other things that you could you could see the evidence of or that they could see the evidence of which tipped them off to what how she was treating them um i don't know maybe he because she was the one who loved to put herself and like you said, in the limelight, put herself in the spotlight. Mm-hmm. People just focus more on her rather than him. You know what I just thought of? Hmm. I just found the answer. I don't know why I didn't think of the center. It's like, because the answer is like right in front of us, and I guess we just overlooked it. Yeah. But the surviving slaves. They, <laughs> they, were, they would, you know what I mean? If it wasn't Madame LaLaurie, they would have been the ones to be like, no, it was actually Dr. Leonard LaLaurie. She was vice. Yeah. Right, right. But the, like, I totally forgot, like, duh, there's survivors. There's yeah, a bunch there of survivors. Sur- yeah, there was always, you know, the, the slaves that were rescued and then given back to her. The slaves that were rescued from the fire. There was just, uh, yeah. Damn. <laughs> I completely overlooked it, too. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I totally forgot. There's eyewitnesses who had been there and would know. So, yeah, yeah so I, I can now say with certainty yeah. that it was definitely Marie Delphine LaLaurie who was okay. responsible. Yeah, but, like I said before... In my opinion, um, her husband Leonard, Dr. Leonard, is just as responsible. Yeah, because, because he helped her, or at the very least just turned a blind eye, didn't say anything. Exactly. Helped protect her when they would investigate. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Like, nah, man. Fuck, fuck that guy, too. Because they didn't... He didn't do Hashtag anything. Fuck that bitch. <laughs> fuck Stomp that, that bitch. hoe. Stomp him. He's a hoe. Oh, man. Yeah. Whoop that tree. <laughs> What'd you say? Whoop that tree. Whoop that tree. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they're both pretty shitty human beings, I think, at the end of the day, you know, yes, we can yes, agree yes. on that. Um, so the original New Orleans mansion, occupied by the Lori, did not survive the fire, and it was destroyed and burned down in 1834 by the mob. Um, not the Italian mob, like that. I was about to, I was like, <laughs> wait, hold the on. The angry mob of people. There's something, there's something I'm missing Yeah, here. it was burned down by Don Corleone. And, uh, <laughs> Yeah, so it was burned down by the you know the angry general public, and it was eventually reconstructed to look exactly like the original mansion in yeah. 1838. And um, over the following decades, it was used as a public high school, a conservatory of music, an apartment building, a refugee for young delinquents, a bar, a furniture store, and a luxury apartment building. A furniture store. Or I think I already said the apartment building twice. Whoops. Yeah, for yeah, your story. Yeah, uh, well, luxury apartments, yes. But, yeah. but even more intriguing is in April 2007, actor Nicolas Cage bought the house for a sum of $3.45 million. $3.45 mil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that national treasure money, baby. That wasn't the national treasure. Huh? Nothing. Oh, that wasn't it. <laughs> that that, that I mean, was the national treasure. You could say that. Definitely a moneymaker, I'd say, if you used it for like tourism. Which I don't think he did, but whatever. No, I meant the money he used to pay for it. What about it? That was part of the national treasure. That was part of the money? Yeah, the, the like that's the money he gained from the treasure. Oh. Okay. Man. 
I don't know. We're just <laughs> driving this joke into the ground. I, I, come up with better jokes. What do you want me to say? <laughs> Get it the first we, time, asshole. What do I hire you for? To tell me. You didn't hire me. I'm not getting paid. <laughs> I paid you with pizza. Come on now. Fair enough. <laughs> I paid him with pizza and shakes. Don't let him start a union against me or anything. Holding that cookies <laughs> and cream shake against me. <laughs> oh, yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That was my Nicki Minaj thing. Or was oh. it Cardi B? It's Cardi. I don't even know. I don't know. I can't keep up with these kids. Um, so, yeah, okay, so Nicolas Cage owned it, and on November 13, 2009, the property then, valued at $3.5 million, was listed for auction as a result of foreclosure and purchased by Regions Financial Corporation, so it's now owned by a bank. Hmm. Yep. Um, and they're just, like, reaping the benefits of tourism, or...? I don't... I don't think so because like when I went to go visit, which wasn't too long ago, um, they weren't allowing anyone to go do tours there. Mm. And on top of that, when they filmed American Horror Story, they were allowed to use like the outside, like outside shots of it, but they weren't allowed to film inside. So they didn't even let Fox or FX Mm -hmm. film their stuff for American Horror Story there. Yeah. So I don't think they let anybody in. I don't even know what they use it for because I don't think they use it for business either. So it's like, why, why do you even own this? Like... Yeah. You know? Which sucked, because, like, I would have loved to go inside. Yeah. But, um, it was so cool to be there and, and check out. a ton out. of money that way. Exactly. You could definitely make Everybody it. wants to see it now. Yeah. Especially now that we're talking about it. Exactly, yeah, right? All, uh, <laughs> 2.5 million of our subscribers. I'm just kidding. We don't have that many. But, we don't have that many yet. More like 2.5 subscribers. I'm 2. kidding. 5. I'm kidding. We I don't have know. more How than that. How many do you have? Uh, last time I checked, it was like 200, like over 200. Oh, cool. Which is pretty good yeah. for a new podcast. Thanks to you guys, because you guys are awesome listening out there. Like, there are, to my surprise, like, I don't know, like, whenever I do, not just really anything, but whenever I do this particularly, like, I, I, I don't know what I think. I guess I'm like, oh, like, not that many people are going to listen to it, right? Whatever. Yeah. But, like, there are people who, like, consistently listen to it and, and ask me, like, whether it's through Instagram messages or Facebook messages or who know me personally and just text me. They're like, hey, when are you going to put out a new episode? Like, yeah. I've li- and I'm like, oh, you listen to it? And they're like, yeah, I've listened to all of them already. Like, when are you going to put out the next one? I'm like, I didn't even know. Like, yeah. some people listen and they just won't tell you, you know? Cause like, yeah. And, like, I think that's super cool. Like, that's really encouraging. So thank you guys for listening. Those who consistently listen, listen to every episode. There's too many to name, but, you know, I appreciate you guys so much. Um, yeah, honestly, I appreciate that. But just kind of going back to the New Orleans side of things, you know, when I visited New Orleans, it was a really, really awesome city. I mean, like I said, uh, I was telling Michael, I think everyone should visit it at least once in their life. Um, Agreed. I've been wanting to go. You need to go, man. I mean, even if, like, I mean, especially if you're into, like, dark tourism or macabre things or true crime, go. But even if you're not into that, still go they got a lot to offer you know like the jazz um the live jazz is amazing i was lucky enough to go and and literally see an underground jazz show because jazz at the time that i went was uh, not jazz but like live music was not allowed Permitted. Yeah. yeah so we, we literally me and my friend went to an underground jazz show nice. and saw it was so That's cool dope. yeah it was like a hole in the wall literally playing like it looked like uh, in between like an alley kind of thing, mm-hmm. but it was super cool. Like, I don't know. I have videos of it. It was awesome. Um, great musicians out there. The, you know, some recommendations for those who are going to visit or have ever visited, like check out Cafe Dumont and try the Benets. Best Benets in the world. Best Benets in New Orleans. Um, amazing food. Obviously the Cajun food, the seafood's great. Uh, the music. Check out the Voodoo Museums and the Voodoo Gift Shops. 
They have like awesome, cool, cool stuff. Um, I don't know if you know who Marie Laveau is. She's also yeah, in American Horror Story. Coven. She was mentioned, yeah. Like she um, is a big. Well, more than mentioned, her character was kind of very. Yeah, like essential. Essential to the storyline, yeah. Like her, her house is there in New Orleans. I went to go visit that. Um, they have her gift shops there. Um, a lot about her life. There's a museum about her, I think, even that I went to. Can't even remember, but um, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff about her. She did a lot actually for the community of New Orleans. Like she was had a big heart, which is amazing. Um, obviously, check out the Lori Mansion. Check out the cemeteries. The cemeteries are beautiful. Yeah, that's one of the things I'm interested in checking out. The cemetery. Also, that school that they used as the place for uh, for Coven. Yes, yeah. I went there. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, that I don't know. I Facebook. mainly remember one of my friends, one of my other friends who, who went there and saw it. But yeah, no, yeah, this is interesting. Because I posted it on my Instagram, but I know you don't have Instagram. I don't know if I shared it on my Facebook, but yeah, I visited the school. That was for sure like top of my list. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to New Orleans. Like we gotta go visit the school for where they filmed Coven, right? Or the yeah yeah and i was like okay so i did that it was cool really cool like neighborhood really nice houses there so that's definitely something you should you know you should do but probably like so that was like one of the highlights of going to new orleans was visiting the school even though like we just took pictures in front of it we didn't get to go inside because it's not open but the probably like my favorite part of visiting new orleans uh other than like live music and food was like the the true crime museum museum of death I was gonna mention that one because so I've been, uh, I when I found out about that I was like that's very interesting, a whole museum dedicated to just death. I'm like that's interesting. What do you put in there? I want to see. When did you find out about it? Uh, I think I was planning a New Orleans trip like I don't know four or five years ago. Oh, as well. I just never, uh, never had the had the chance to go, which feels like total bullshit i'm cheating myself because it's only like about eight hours away yeah and it could easily drive there probably get a cheap motel somewhere you know i'm just thinking about the cost of you know all the different museums and food and going to shows and things understandable you know but yeah that's what me and my friend did we uh yeah. shout out shout out to danielle because she listens to the podcast too danielle if you're listening danielle woo-woo. Yeah, me, me and her went to New Orleans and um, we drove all the way there. We took turns, obviously, but yeah, it was a. Uh, it's kind of. It, I mean, it was a brutal drive. I mean, it was easier when you have a friend with you because you can yeah. talk and like listen to music or podcasts, even which we did. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the dri- we did drive there and that was that was cool. Definitely saves money on the flight. Um, but okay, so Museum of Death, like you, I had heard about it years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't. I didn't know, when I heard about it years ago, I thought it was just only in LA. I thought Museum of Death LA. Really? I didn't even know LA had one. Yeah, and then the I found one I know out. of is New Orleans. Okay, so like yeah. I, I looked at Museum of Death LA, and like in my mind I was like, okay, I'm gonna go to LA someday, because I had been to LA before, but that was years ago, like seven or eight years ago. So like when I go back to LA, I'm definitely gonna visit Museum of Death. Um, and then when I started planning this trip with my friend, um, we, Obviously, we're looking up things to do, and Museum of Death came up, and I was like, dude, they have one in NOLA. Like, what? And I was like, this is probably a different one. But then when I looked it up, it's 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 the same one. It's just a different branch. Mm. So they have one in... Apparently, they have three locations. They have um, one in Hollywood Boulevard, in Hollywood, Los Angeles, and New Orleans. Oh, I'm sorry. They just have two locations. Yeah, so they have two locations. They have New Orleans and L.A., so I've been in the New Orleans one, 
It's definitely on my bucket list to go to the LA one. But let me tell you guys, like, my the highlight of my trip was definitely the Museum of Death. Um, I lowered at least one of them because it was just so it was so awesome. Like, it wasn't just about like um, like true crime and serial killers because they had they had cool stuff like that. Like they had um, letters from I think like John Wayne Gacy. They had like letters from serial killers. Yeah. They had actual like artifacts and items from serial killers they had like eileen warnos they had her bra and her underwear that she wore in prison oh yeah i'd heard about that they had that they yeah. have some of, some of their artifacts they have like a face uh a facial mo a mold of um michael jackson like huh. they took from his uh, like i guess when he died and they and you know when they do the like autopsy yeah they they made a face a mold of his face yeah when he died and they did that uh, for jfk i think too and they had that there that we could look I at. I can't help but wonder why they would do that. I mean, he's famous as hell. Yeah, I mean, there's, money. I guess. But like, it was interesting to see that. Um, they have like, not only do they have like true crime stuff, but they have just stuff about death in general. So there's a section that's all geared towards um, like the, I forgot what it's, what's, what's that called? Um, when you're kind of like uh, embalming a body and you're, I forgot what that's called. I don't know why it's slipping my mind. Um, like you know when you take people to like a deceased person to a funeral home and they yeah, get yeah. embalmed and they get uh, mortuary the mortuary, mortuary arts yeah, like mortuary yeah. science they have like that whole they have like a whole section of the museum for that and the museum's really not that big but it's fine because they have so much cool stuff in there that it's like you can literally stay there for hours just reading and, and looking at all the stuff so the mortuary part's cool because they have like human body parts in jars and you can see them there's a video playing in that section of the museum where it's like an actual coroner and actual like um, autopsy technician performing an autopsy on the body and, and bombing yeah. them and stuff. So that's super cool to see. Then there's the true crime section with the serial killers. There's just like a bunch of cool stuff just about death um, and, and you know, the human body. Um, and then at the very back of the museum, there's a theater, like a, it's not big. It's like kind of like a home theater room and they're playing, um, they're playing a, a movie uh, that you can sit down and watch and the movie is just like a it's kind of like a documentary about death and like it's the actual name of the movie they're playing is called Death Scenes Los Angeles and the cool thing about it and I know this because I talked to the I liked the movie so much that I talked to the uh, clerk on the way out the cashier and I was yeah. like well I, br I bought some merch because like when you're there you have to buy merch so I bought a yeah. lot of merch I spent a lot of money there probably more than I should have but whatever you only live once so I <laughs> bought a lot of merch and I talked to the cashier and I was like hey like what's that movie you guys are playing in the background or in the in the auditorium I'm sorry it's not even an auditorium it's like a home theater area what's, yeah. what's the uh, movie you're playing there and he was like oh it's called Death Scenes um, Los Angeles or death scenes and I was like oh cool and he's like yeah it's um the cool thing about it is or creepy it even adds to the, the creepiness of the movie or film is that it uh it's narrated by Anton LaVey the, oh yeah yeah the, the father of the church of satanism yeah church satan um and he actually is the author of the satanic bible yeah um so he's the one who's narrating it and his voice I'd never heard him really speak before yeah he's got a very like like I don't know how to describe it um alluring yeah very alluring and unique voice like yeah. his voice is definitely like honestly when i heard it i didn't know it was him obviously i thought it was yeah. like that actor uh it reminded me of that actor who's like a he's like a country actor he's in he's been in um tombstone he played white herb's older brother 
Virgil. And he's also in Ghost Rider. He plays like Nicolas Cage's like mentor. Yeah. I forgot that guy. He does commercials too, but he's got, yeah. he's known for his voice. Hmm. His voice sounds, sounded similar to that. And I was like, oh, that's probably that actor. Like, it's cool. Like, he's got a cool voice. Hmm. But then I, then he told me it was Anton LaVey. I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. So it's like, that adds to the like, creepy macabre feel to the movie yeah but then on top of that the guy was like yeah so the the movie is essentially um with, like there was a retired police officer who worked for a retired detective who worked for the la pd and he had his during his during the course of his like tenure with the with the lapd he kept like a book a scrapbook of pictures and like writings of crime scenes, like he took pictures and all of that. And he turned that, those pictures and scrapbook into an actual book that they sold. And then I guess they took the book and the pictures in the book and turned that into a movie. And they narrated that. And that's where Death Scenes the Movie came out. And I was like, wow, like that's super cool. So these were all like real, like real events, real yeah, crime scene images. Say, so these are real deaths. Yeah, uncensored. Um, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. So. I wonder if I can stomach that. I don't know. I, it, I'm honestly afraid, like, if I can or if I push myself to, am I going to come out a different person? Dude, so let, let me tell you this. Like, when I... And I know this is not part of the the uh, <laughs> the topic, but it's Are on the... still recording, by the way? Yeah, we're recording. Okay. And we're along the lines of, you know, true crime anyway, because it's all about it. Um, but, like, like, when I... When me and my friend... We, me and my friend, because the, the movie's pretty long. Like it's like an, I think it's like an hour and thirty minutes to two hours. Yeah. Like a normal movie length. When we got there, we went through the whole whole museum, and then we went and we sat in the back, which is the like home room, like the home uh, theater room, and it has like a red curtain, so it's like it's secluded. You feel like you're in a different part of the museum, right? Almost like in a different museum in general. And there's a coffin there too, which is like kind of creepy but when we were watching it like people like only we lasted the longest like people were leaving like after like 10 or 15 minutes and i'm not saying like they were spooked or creeped out but yeah. they were probably like they had things they needed to do maybe or they were just like okay maybe they had already had maybe were they in there before you got in there no some of them some of them were but they left but yeah. some, most of them because we stayed for a long time watching yeah. the movie yeah uh, most of them had like got uh gone in after us and left like before us like way before oh, us. okay so some people probably left just because like they had things to do but some people probably left because they're like all right this is like enough of uh because that stuff yeah. can be heavy like me yeah. me and my friend stayed for the whole movie um and when we finished it we left the museum and then we bought merch and that's when i talked to the cashier and i left or we yeah. left and i just remember feeling like with leaving that place i was like thinking like okay this place is cool like i love this place like i love all the cool stuff I learned and saw. The bad thing that sucks is you can't take pictures in there or videos. Like, yeah. You're not allowed to, which is, I understand that. Yeah. But I remember like leaving and feeling heavy, like feeling pretty heavy. Like, yeah. just like, damn, like I just witnessed a lot of, uh, just a lot of death. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, not like it wasn't, uh, I don't know really how to describe it other than kind of like in a gloomy mood, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, damn, like I just saw a lot of sad shit essentially like i saw yeah. a lot of people die a lot of accidents a lot of murders and it's just like you're just kind of heavy and it's like all right yeah, at this a lot point of horrible shit that's happened yeah exactly and i'm like damn this world is a really dark and sick place i just need to like get i just need something to alleviate this heaviness yeah so let's go watch yeah. wolf Ferrell movie or something yeah let's go watch wolf Ferrell. let's get some ice cream <laughs> do some cocaine <laughs> yeah exactly all, that, all the above i'm kidding and uh so so yeah i mean so to, to go back to your point of saying like, I wonder if I can stomach it, like just like 
I think you definitely can, but just like go in thinking like, all right, at the end of this film, especially if you watch all of it, sit through all of it in one sitting, which is yeah. like two hours almost, like expect to feel kind of heavy at the end of it. Like, okay, I just yeah. witnessed a lot of shit. So I'm going to like take a break or like, you know, because yeah. you do end up feeling, I mean, naturally, you know, you're seeing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, but it was cool. Like I, I love, I mean, I loved it and I can't wait to go to LA and check out that museum. I mean, they have different things there at that one. Yeah. I'm sure each museum has their own. Yeah. I was going to say, cause I was looking, I was going to make a suggestion about, uh, something, um, that I found out about and then it took me to this. So the one in LA, would that happen to be, uh, psychiatry and industry of death? Is that the one? Where is it? In LA, it's psychiatry and industry of death museum. Huh? Um, it says no. it's on Sunset Boulevard. This one, this one is Hollywood Boulevard and it's just called museum of death. So I think okay. it's something different. Now, the reason I was saying is because, I mean, on the note of, like, macabre museums, um, long story short, uh, I was looking into, like, what, what there is to do in Missouri because um, it was me and my wife were thinking, she was telling me about a friend of hers that moved up there, cost mm. of living is, like, dirt cheap and... Yeah, still really good. So nice. But I was like, "What the hell would we do in Missouri?" <laughs> so I was looking into it, and I found out they actually have a lot of a lot of cool shit up there, uh, a lot of cool museums as well. Um, and one of them is a psychiatry museum. And looking at some of the pictures, it looks a little morbid, you know. Cause, really. You know, because early early psychiatry, I'd say psychiatry's only been like really beneficial all around for people for like the last maybe two decades because even in the 90s psychiatry was still just young enough that people were being uh people were being given pills that were actually doing more harm than good mm -hmm. you know and of course the further back you go the more barbaric psychiatry was you yeah. know so it's it's one of those things where if you're into the macabre and things that are cringy and uh weird or even I don't know if there might even be gory things involved but uh, probably because I imagine early lobotomies were a little barbaric as well Jeez, yeah. uh, you know then probably check out that museum I want to check it out I want to go to Missouri and check out the museums they have up there yeah they also great. have like some cool like jazz and blues museums I want to see that Missouri yeah dang that's cool yeah the yeah, psychiatry museum I want to see that. Yeah, New Orleans has uh, some jazz museums too and Museum of Culture. They have a lot of museums. Yeah. Um, as well. But yeah, that sounds really cool. I, I would like to check that out. I'm all about those kind of museums. I think there's a museum in Houston called the uh, Funeral Museum. Interesting. Yeah. The Funeral Museum or Museum of like, it's not called Museum of Death, but it's like about, it's like, it's all about funerals or like, um, hmm. Pretty much mortuary science. Maybe it's called Museum of Mortuary Science, but something like that. Um, so it's it's really interesting. But yeah, I love I love stuff like that. It's super intriguing. Um, it's fun. But yeah, New Orleans is definitely a great city. Great music, great food. I personally wouldn't live there, just because I don't know. I just it's just it doesn't feel like a place like I would live personally. Mm -hmm. It's a great great place to visit for sure. It's fun. Yeah. But it's just not me. Like if I'm gonna live there, you live there, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely a great city though. Cool, cool place to visit. Um, 
But yeah, that's so that's kind of why I wanted to do cover Madame Marie uh, Delphine Lalaurie, and that's why our next episode is going to be about the Axeman of New Orleans. It's all these next two episodes. I mean, these these two episodes are about like New Orleans themed, right? True crime yeah. themed. And that's the reason why. Now you guys know. I took a, a very memorable trip, and it was awesome and full of cool stuff. But looks like did you want to say anything else or? Nah, I'm just uh, I'm glad that we're done with this episode because I gotta pee. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, there's just something that I want the audience to know. I feel like Michael has the bladder of like a three year old because this is like the <laughs> tenth time today. <laughs> He's gone to the restroom, and I don't know. I think maybe it's because you're getting up there in age, buddy. You're like <laughs> 67 now. And... <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not that old at all. But <laughs> 62, yeah, asshole. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm not 62. You're like what? 29? No, I wish. 32? I'm in my 30s. Okay. Yeah. He's not that old. Early 30s. It's not bad. Yeah. There's still hope for you. There's still, still time. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have for today. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in to the Devil's Hour, a podcast for the strange and unusual. I'm your host, Darius. This is my co-host, Michael. Yep. And thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.